0: Scripture reading this morning is found in Ephesians chapter 5. Uh, we'll read verses 15 through 21. Uh, in your pew Bible, it's on page 1227, 1227. We'll begin at verse 15 of chapter 5. Be very careful then how you live. Not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. Do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit. Speak to one another with psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. Sing and make music in your heart to the Lord always giving thanks to God the Father for everything, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Submit to one another out of reverence for Christ.
1: right. Well, we're in this series, Walking the Way. And uh, we've been talking about what it means to be the people of the way. Last fall, we did a series called people of the way that looked at a particular people of the way, a particular church uh, that was one of the very first churches ever planted. It was in modern day Turkey in a community, a large metropolitan area, a center of trade called uh, Ephesus. And In this big city of Ephesus, there was a little small group of people. Is where it started, but pretty soon it grew and it grew. And later, after the apostle Paul, who had planted this church, was off and somewhere else—in fact, in prison—he wrote a letter to this church. He couldn't be there with them. He couldn't stay there with them. He couldn't give them all the details of what it meant to walk in this new way of life. But he could write a letter to them. And so, in this letter, he sent forth. more details. Some more details about what it means, what it looks like to live as people of the way. To walk in the way. And we've been saying that if we here 2,000 years later and 6,000 miles away want to be known as people of the way people who follow Jesus then we had better walk in his way. And we've been looking at different ways of the Jesus way. Right? We've, We've talked about uh, you know, walking in love, walking in humility, and, and now we're going to talk about walking in wisdom. Well, walking in wisdom. The Bible has a lot to say about wisdom. There was a, a guy that lived a while back named Solomon And he wrote, or at least the Proverbs are attributed to him. We believe that he wrote, uh, he's considered one of the wisest kings ever, one of the wealthiest kings ever, uh, just a really famous king from ancient history. And we have a a book in our Old Testament called Proverbs that are full of wisdom sayings. And in chapter 1, you get a taste of the whole book, really. It says, Out in the open, wisdom calls aloud. She raises her voice in the public square. On top of the wall, she cries out. At the city gate, she makes her speech. How long will you who are simple love your simple ways? How long will mockers delight in mockery and fools hate knowledge? Repent at my rebuke. Then I will pour out my thoughts to you and I will make known to you my teachings. Then they will call to me, but I will not answer. They will look for me, but will not find me, since they hated knowledge and did not choose to fear the Lord. Since they would not accept my advice and spurned my rebuke, they will eat the fruit of their ways and be filled with the fruit of their schemes. For the waywardness of the simple will kill them, and the complacency of fools will destroy them. But whoever listens to me will live in safety and be at ease without fear of harm that's wisdom speaking calling aloud in the public square and in the Proverbs this ancient book from you know wisdom sayings from about 3,000 years ago uh, almost a thousand years before Jesus lived we see woman uh, a wisdom cast as a woman in the streets calling out saying someone please heed my words, heed my advice don't follow after the foolishness of this world, but fear God. And so we find out you know, how appropriate here on, on Mother's Day that wisdom was actually a woman all along. Go figure. <laughs> so it's biblical. It's right there in the Bible. In fact, Jesus referred to wisdom as a woman sometimes, people would criticize him and he would echo the Proverbs that they knew so well in that day and in that age and that community he lived in. And he would say things like, well, wisdom is proved right by her deeds. Or wisdom is known by her children. In other words, he's saying, you know, you're saying that I'm foolish, you're saying you don't uh, agree with what I'm doing, but wisdom is known by her children. In other words, my disciples know what's going on. <laughs> you know, Wisdom is, is known by her deeds. You can, you can see that what I'm doing bears good fruit. And so you can know whether this is wisdom or foolishness. He even said things like, and this would have been probably fighting words for some folks in those days, but he would say things like, something greater than Solomon's wisdom is here now. He cast himself as wisdom, calling out in the streets. And just as in the Proverbs, wisdom was this thing that said, hey, you're following foolishness out there, follow God's wisdom instead. That's what Jesus did as well. Watch what he did. Watch this. He, he, he A lot of you are going to be familiar with this, but he would say things like, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock the rains came down and the floods came you know the story but he said everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish foolish man who built his house on the sand." that's exactly what the proverbs would do Wisdom and foolishness. Wisdom and foolishness. See, there's a brand of wisdom in our world that sounds really wise. And it sounds really good. And in truth, uh, we're all born with this wisdom innately. We understand it. It revolves around me, me, me. Right? and it's what sounds good to our ears and it's what's popular in our culture and so it doesn't have to be taught we, we are born into it and we grow up with it all around us you know, we in, in our day and age have the special privilege of getting it blasted to us on billboards and on phones and on TV screens and in movies and everywhere we go In Jesus' day and and Paul's day, though, it was still omnipresent. It just came in the form of friends and neighbors and, and, uh, you know, whatever the latest news on the street were. Edicts from governing officials and so forth. But there is a wisdom that sounds good to us, and God calls it foolishness. And he says, follow my wisdom instead, which may oftentimes run counter to what seems wisdom to you. And so today we stand, we step back and we ask ourselves what wisdom are we walking in? If we're going to walk in wisdom, if we're going to walk in Jesus' wisdom, then we have to take inventory, don't we, and see what wisdom are we buying? Because if we're honest most of us just kind of take wisdom where we can find it and sometimes we find it in odd places and sometimes good wisdom godly wisdom is found in odd places Uh, you know you can find there's sayings and things from other religions that line up very well with what God actually says but there's also stuff in other religions or in just society at large that couldn't be further from what God says so, what wisdom are we buying into? Just because it sounds good in a quote on social media, or on the news at night, or in a show, you, or a song you like, or whatever the case may be, doesn't make it true. Doesn't make it wise, or does it? Who decides what wisdom is? What wisdom are we going to walk in? That's the question today. Because apparently the stakes are high because a wise man is on a solid foundation according to Jesus but a foolish man is not what do you want your life built on and if you would like stability and if you would like security of a greater kind than what the world can offer then let's explore what it means to walk in wisdom, and how we can do it. The Apostle Paul, in this letter to the church in Ephesus, does the same sort of thing that Jesus did, the same sort of thing that the Proverbs did, contrasting wisdom and foolishness. Be careful then, he said, how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity, because the days are evil. Therefore do not be foolish but understand what the Lord's will is. Again this contrast there's a way that seems like wisdom to the world around us but he would say no these days these times are evil and it's not actually wisdom it's foolishness. So be wise as you try to walk in the Jesus way be wise and understand, that means understanding what the Lord's will is. Again, in our culture, there's lots of things that pass as wisdom. It would take us ages to talk about them all, but I mean, things like more is better than less, that you need all the latest amenities and technology and luxuries, right? There's. Uh, you know, wisdom that says, as we've talked about already in this series, that you know, living together before you're married is the best way to make sure you have a good marriage. Uh, not only does that fly in the face of statistics, it flies in the face of God's wisdom. And so sometimes the things that are thrown forward as as wise according to our world, it's not actually necessarily God's wisdom. You know, be true to yourself. Make sure that you are pursuing your own happiness. These things don't necessarily fall under God's wisdom. Make sure your child is given every opportunity under the sun and and to become just a well-rounded, successful person. That's not necessarily God's wisdom either. But they sound good to us. They make sense to us. He goes on, he says, don't get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery, but instead be filled with the Holy Spirit. And this seems so random to me, right? I mean, here he said, you know, between understand what the Lord's will is and be filled with the Holy Spirit, we have this statement out of the blue, do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Now I know some of you uh, are sitting here saying, hey, that just says don't get drunk on wine. <laughs> It doesn't say anything about beer or rum or whiskey. <laughs> so I've got options on the table. Um, but I would just point out that the alcohol aisle in Jesus' day only had one option <laughs> for the most part. And uh, in fact, the whole beverage aisle, you know, no bottled water, no Coke, just wine. And, uh, and in a world with not very much good water, a lot of folks drank wine. That was, that was it. But some of them drink a little too much wine, right? And uh, and too much of a good thing can be a bad thing. We all understand that. And, but what what in the world you know in this context is going on? But actually, I think it fits beautifully for at least two reasons. I mean, one, we're talking about wisdom and foolishness. And if you want to see somebody that's a fool, get drunk and have somebody videotape you. <laughs> and watch that video late, later. You know, this is something that, I, I mean, honestly, I never really dealt with personally because I guess at an impressionable age, my dad took me with some other church folks to go and clean out an alcoholic's trailer. And I never wanted, I mean, I couldn't stand the smell of it after that. And I've never been able to, And I and I never wanted to invest the money... <laughs> into uh, developing a taste for something that has caused so much trouble it seems like uh, you know it just hasn't ever been worth it to me so that's not something that I've struggled with personally but you know, I've struggled with other stuff and I understand folks that struggle struggle and, and, but this is something that the Bible is very clear on as far as drunkenness goes that it doesn't I mean, and again because you want to see a fool go look at a drunk absolutely you don't get much more foolish than that do you? doesn't matter whether you're a, a funny drunk or, or not or a mean drunk or whatever you, you act foolishly and it's not something to be proud of some of the worst atrocities in our world are committed by people who are not in their right mind they're acting foolish because they're under the influence of something and so he says don't get drunk on wine so that makes sense but I think there's another reason, maybe even a more significant reason this fits in between what he was just saying and and what he's about to say. Why do people get drunk? Probably a whole lot of reasons, we would say, but mostly I'd say just to pass the time ultimately, that's why we do a lot of things like that. It's a pastime It's the same reason that that guys uh, you know watch. Endless amounts of football on the weekends during football season, even though it makes literally no difference to the world who wins or who loses <laughs> in reality. But we still like it, and, and we pass the time doing it. And uh, and so you know, it's just another one of those things. That's why some folks like to go and party, or some folks like to hit the golf course, or some folks like to go shopping, or some folks. Like, it's one of those things that we do to pass the time, oftentimes with each other. Sometimes all alone. <laughs> when we're sitting there and we're feeling lonely, we pass the time. We open up a bottle. That's why folks, that's ultimately the main reason why folks drink, always has been. When you have some downtime, you pass the time. And so I think it fits beautifully here because just before that, he said, make the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. Live not as unwise but as wise making the most of every opportunity then he says don't get drunk on wine because that wouldn't be making the most of every opportunity I mean a lot of folks don't even remember what they were doing when they were drunk right so they don't know if they were making good use of the opportunity or not (laughs) But, but we can just pretty much bet not right and we all understand that. But I'm not just going to rail on this. This is just one thing. In our world today, we have a whole slew of things that you can do to pass the time when you have some downtime. And in their day, it was mostly uncork another bottle of wine. <laughs> in our day, we sit in front of television screens, we sit in front of computer screens. We listen to music, we've got tons of music, we have lots of options of how we spend our time. You know, a big one is TV these days in our culture today. I mean, it's unbelievable. Did you know they say now the average American watches about 30 hours of television a week? 30 hours a week look at your neighbor and say, I didn't know that about you. <laughs> They're probably going to say, not me, it's not me. Now we know that there's some folks who just must watch 24-7 and it throws the things off a little bit, but let's just take some off a little bit. Let's say that we in this room are above average, which I think I'd like to say we are, right? We are above average. And so let's say we get that down to 24 hours <laughs> from 30. That means one whole day, not a work day, an entire day is gone from your life, (laughs) from this last week. Doing what? And I think if the Apostle Paul was writing today and he said, make the most of every opportunity to be wise, not unwise Instead of saying do not get drunk on wine or maybe just in addition to he would say don't just sit on your tail in front of a TV screen for hours on end. Partly because you know what is it doing fruitful but also because what whose wisdom is coming through that TV screen. Instead he says be filled with the Spirit. Speaking to one another with psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit. Sing and make music from your heart to the Lord, always giving thanks to God the Father for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. He's saying, instead of being drunk, or we could say, instead of spending your downtime doing whatever you normally do, instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit... Speak to one another about spiritual things. Sing about spiritual things. Get music and songs stuck in your head that play a different message than the message of our world. Always giving thanks to God the Father for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, I have to point out, because I just I, it keeps coming up lately, doesn't it? In different spots. Sing, sing, sing. And some of y'all are like, Lord, stop giving this pastor these passages about singing. <laughs> but it's there. We're supposed to sing. Even if you can't carry a tune, do your best. Work on it. <laughs> We're called to sing. And to sing together encouraging one another with what we sing. It's just cover to cover in your Bible, singing. We've got to do it. But the big point here is, what soundtrack is playing in your life? What soundtrack dominates your life? And I would suggest to you today that the big point Paul's trying to get across is until you change your soundtrack... You'll never change your life track. The wisdom, if you want to walk in the wisdom of God, you're going to have to change the wisdom you're listening to. We have to. Because like we said, we're born understanding this world's wisdom. We don't need anyone to teach it to us. But just in case we did, they teach it to us. <laughs> and the world reinforces it in a thousand ways. Celebrities and politicians, they explain it to us. The media bombards us with it it's on billboards it's on movies and TVs it's in the music that we play on the radio it's all over the place because it's the wisdom of the world in which we live but if we want to learn a different wisdom we have to change the soundtrack in our lives we can't keep listening to the same stuff and expect that we're going to get it that it's just gonna click and so let's just talk about a few examples you know and I'll start with just a an illustration to kind of reinforce how this works and and I've used this uh, this guy before and you may like him or you may hate him uh, but it's not really about that it's about this is just an illustration all right but Dave Ramsey is a, is a financial debt guru. He's about getting people out of debt. And you can't argue with the fact that a lot of folks have gotten out of debt by following his advice. And you may not agree with all of it, or you may not agree with him, but that's what he does. And he's the number three personality on the radio. He's, a, he's just, a, you know, up there with Rush Limbaugh and whoever else is in the... I don't know who the other guy in the top three is, or gal, but... Anyway, he's... A popular figure that talks about this and if you ever listen to his radio show there's a segment of it that is called the debt-free scream and he invites people on who have become debt-free they've paid off all their debt except their house or they've paid off all their debt including their house either way and he has them on on the show and they tell the story of how they did it of what were the biggest challenges And and what were the you know they ate beans and rice for three years and and they got out of debt whatever the case may be they did crazy things they sold you know their cars and they did whatever they had to do and they got out of debt and each of them has a unique story and at the end of it then they scream we're debt free and it sounds like Braveheart you know they've got stuff playing in the back freedom you know and um, it's kind of crazy but. One of the most consistent things, and I enjoy listening to it just to hear the crazy problems people get themselves into, you know, and um, either pat myself on the back or, uh, or give myself a kick according to what I need. But one of the things that is so consistent is that people will say, what did it for me was hearing all these people coming on your show and saying how they did it and how they lived different and I saw that just because everyone else seems to be doing it in my world doesn't mean that everyone else is actually doing it. That this is possible. That people do live this way. That there are people who get out of debt and live without debt. And it does free up a lot of things and burdens in their life. And so they listen. They change their soundtrack. Because every day they, get in, they listen to the podcast or the radio show or whatever. And it changes their culture. It changes their values because they're listening to a different soundtrack. But if they kept just listening to the commercials, <laughs> right, it would just tell them what they deserve. What You know, you deserve a better, you know, you deserve granite countertops. You deserve, uh, you know, a Mercedes-Benz or whatever. You know, it's Mother's Day. Did you buy your mother a Lexus? Why not? And you listen to that long enough. You listen to the, well... You know, manageable debt is a good thing because that helps build up your credit, etc. If you listen to all that narrative, then you won't ever have the motivation to get out of debt, etc. So that's just an example of what I'm talking about here. Until you change your soundtrack, and that's a financial example, and maybe that's an example you need personally, but maybe not. But it's changing the soundtrack that helps you change your life track. That, that shows you, okay, I've been listening to the world's wisdom, but I need to listen to a different line of wisdom. And so I want to talk about three areas, just practically speaking, real quick. And one, it's just should be obvious, right? Music, Paul talked about it, and, uh, and soundtrack, you know, music. So, the music you listen to. what music do we do we listen to what what comes on the, on the radio and this isn't just about uh, none of this and i'll keep emphasizing this is is about you know what is it you know is it explicit or not if it's not explicit then it's good <laughs> you know this isn't about this isn't even a moralistic thing that we're talking about today we're just talking about what soundtrack dominates your radio waves, your CD player, your MP3 player, your phone, whatever you listen to your music on, your turntable. Hey, those are coming back. So what music plays? Because it's not about whether they say cuss words, and it's not about whether they talk about obscene things. It's about what message, what wisdom, is coming through. Because it can be the cleanest song in the world and still be teaching the world's wisdom and this is also not about oh you can never listen to secular music that's not it either I'd be in trouble it's just what soundtrack dominates your life which songs stay stuck in your head and play over and over are they ones that reinforce God's wisdom or the world's foolishness I mean, there's a lot of great, wholesome country songs that that still teach us crazy stuff. (laughs) So, let's be careful what music we listen to. This is an easy way to change your soundtrack. Start getting God's message stuck in your head. Find a style of music that, that does it for you. They have all kinds of Christian music in our day and age, so that's great. Whatever your taste is, you know, find something. It may not be even up to par with in your mind with with the secular music that you'd prefer, but at least the message is on point. So just learn to like it. (laughs) Get something stuck in your head that reinforces the right thing. We do this in school with kids, right? We teach them songs. It may not be the world's greatest song. It may not be Beethoven, but they they remember it. It helps them learn what they need to learn. And we've got to do the same thing. We need the right messages with our music. I'll get on my soapbox one more time with TV and movies, alright? Really, I grow more and more concerned about our cultures, and especially in the church, because no one's talking about it, that it's an issue, but we are more and more obsessed with television and movies in our culture. We have more and more ways to access it, we, we, spend, we, you know, we can record it on our DVR now and watch it on our own time. We can stream it from Netflix or whatever and anywhere we go. Uh, we carry it with us. We can, you, know, you, you don't have to go to the theater. There's other options. We, but TV and movies, this is how we spend our downtime, most of America. This is how we unwind at the end of the day. And as far as I can see, there's been no research that says it's good for us there's been some research that says here's some problems it creates especially in, for kids right and developing brains but older brains too I mean just from that standpoint it doesn't seem wise but when you consider the message that's coming across on 99% of the shows it's 99% world's wisdom what God would call foolishness and that's the soundtrack that plays in our lives every evening, every day, every weekend when we do dinner and a movie and again, it's not about the rating it's not about M.A. or R. or whatever it's about the message that it's sending I mean, even wholesome shows can send worldly messages I mean, we all love fixer-upper You know, nice Christian couple and all that. But if you watch that long enough, you'll decide that you must have shiplap and granite, or you are not living. (laughs) That's just not God's wisdom. And again, nothing against granite either. God made the granite. Just saying. This idea that we all must have you know but, uh, but uh, the point is it's it's not about you know oh does this have explicit scenes in it or does this have obscenities in it or does this ha- it's also about what message is being reinforced whose wisdom is being reinforced we spend a lot of time online today some of us we like to read the news some of us we like to go and, and just filter through the social media stuff some of us we like to read blogs or watch vlogs. that's hard to say, but people do it. <laughs> There's uh, just a whole host of, of things that we engage with online and apps and different things. And again, so many it doesn't have to be pornography for it to be the wrong message, to teach the wrong wisdom. There's a lot of health and beauty blogs that leave women feeling like they're never going to be worth anything unless they achieve this look. So many examples. Even, you know, harmless stuff. If we're not careful, we're just constantly getting the world's message. So what in the world... Then you know you might say, "Okay, Pastor, you just took out all of the things that are my options in my downtime. How am I supposed to unwind at the end of a long day if I can't turn on the TV every night and I can't listen to the music I like to listen to every night and I can't just get online and browse around all the time until one in the morning? Uh, you know what am I supposed to do to unwind? How am I supposed to you know, do? What am I supposed to do with my time?" Sometimes I think we kind of are missing out on the whole front porch rocking chairs talking to each other singing songs together I don't know crazy stuff they used to do (laughs) what would you do with your time maybe get drunk on wine (laughs) that's what they used to do before we had all that stuff that's why the apostle Paul wrote that down what are we supposed to do with it well replace your soundtrack with God's soundtrack listen to some of God's messaging in a song read a bible (laughs) pray a prayer pray together with your family talk with your family call somebody you haven't talked to in a while and try to be an encouragement to them if you get real bored help somebody out Help us out up here at the church. I'm telling you, we're about to release a list for our church work day that's going to knock your socks off. (laughs) We've got a list a mile, a country mile long, and if you just get that board, just come on down. (laughs) We'll let you unwind. Surely there's something we can do with our time that would be making the most of every opportunity, as Paul would say it that would encourage us to embrace God's wisdom and start thinking God's way instead of the world's way. Surely there's something we can do with our time that's better than spending one day of every week in front of a tube or in front of a computer screen. Until you change your soundtrack, you'll never change your life track. And maybe this will encourage you today if you find yourself in need of this, you're in good company. One time, as Jesus was preparing to head towards Jerusalem and the cross that awaited him there, he mentioned something about it to his disciples. And the apostle Peter said to him, pulled him aside, said, no, 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 no. No, Jesus, that's not the track." that's not the track that you're going to be on it's going to be up 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 for us and what did Jesus say to him get behind me Satan you're not you're not listening to the will of the Father you're not speaking God's will into my life now it's a bad day when Jesus calls you Satan (laughs) By, by any standard that's a bad day But what was happening there is Peter was reinforcing the world's soundtrack. Not God's. And Jesus said, no, no, right now I need God's soundtrack. I need you to shut up if that's what you're going to be telling me. And you fast forward to the garden where Jesus is praying and sweating drops of blood. And he's praying to the Father. He says, if there's any way We can do this another way, God. If there's any way we can skip the betrayal, the torment, the dying, the suffering, the abandonment, the whole thing we're about to do here. If there's any way around this, let this cup pass from me. Then he said, though, not my will but your will. Would he have had the strength to say that if he hadn't been guarding the soundtrack? If he hadn't been all along saying, Nuh-uh, Peter. uh uh Don't talk to me about that. I'm keeping my mind set on God's wisdom, not on the world's foolishness. The world says up, up, up. The world would tell me, No, skip the cross. Take the throne. That's not the way. That's not God's way. Friends, if Jesus had to guard his soundtrack, don't you think you and I would do well to guard ours as well? To change it? Oh, but Pastor, I don't let that stuff affect me. I can listen to that music. It's not I mean, you know, it's just music. I, I can watch the TV shows. I mean, come on, it's fixer upper. <laughs> I'm really not harping on fixer. Oh. Yeah, I, I, I'm sure you're the exception. You know, Jesus had to watch his, but you—he's got nothing on you. <laughs> No, until we change our soundtrack. Good luck changing your life track. That's an uphill battle, friends. It doesn't end well for most of us. Let's pray together. God, we thank you for your wisdom. We thank you for a better way of life. We confess that sometimes we have a hard time letting go of what has always seemed so wise to us. And yet, if we're honest, it hasn't really been working out for us. Holy Spirit, help us to change our soundtrack. Help us to embrace your wisdom Help us to be able to discern what are your ways and what are the world's ways. What is wise and what is foolish. For we know who will come and judge at the end of all time. And so we know whose definition of wisdom matters most. Help us, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen.